uh, the broken windows policy, the crime that I think was during uh, Rudy Giuliani's time in the early 90s as mayor, where what happened was is that what they found, what was like really the big root of the cause is like you're looking for character, right? Character is destiny. So what they found was when people were um, would jump over the turnstiles in the subways and to avoid paying their fare for mm-hmm. the toll, you know, the subway toll, that was a character flaw. And so when they would stop those people, turned out a lot of them had guns or were in a gang or had drugs or whatever. And just at the time, the police just like, ah, oh. because if a cop arrested somebody and then took them to the station and dealt paperwork, that's like, that was like five, six hours of the day gone with one criminal. And so they were just like, they just kind of let it go because it wasn't worth the, their time. And so what they found is like when you have a neighborhood and there's like a hundred, say it's a hundred houses in the community or whatever. And you've got, you got one street that's got maybe 20, 30 houses. And there's like three of them that are abandoned. Maybe one of them had been on fire. The the grass is three feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, the windows are broken. And, and you know, on the others, there's roof leaks. There's, you know, people throwing tires and shit in the front yard and mattresses the rest of the neighborhood goes downhill because other people drive through and they think, oh, nobody gives a shit. And then so they start breaking out windows in other homes. Maybe it's a home that the family moved out and it's vacant. It looks nice, but if for sale and now the windows are broken out because they weren't living there because they saw the shitty houses. And so what they notice is like when the subway would get to the other end, any of the cars that had graffiti on it, because it stops at different places where people, you know, do the graffiti. And by the time it gets to the other end of the line, they would take it off the line to, clean the graffiti off because what they recognize is when they just let that shit fly and they let the dudes jump over the turnstiles and not pay it communicates nobody gives a shit if nobody gives a shit you get more crime you know people abuse the stuff and they beat the things up you know but if you don't tolerate homeless people bringing their shit and pissing and puking all over the floor and just leaving it there and leaving their garbage over basically letting them live in the subway which seems to be happening at times in, in some of these things and some of these cities, it just communicates, it attracts more people. You you let the garbage just sit there and you get tons and tons of rats because you got a food source. And so that's kind of the way nature works. And so what, what they found was that, you know, because of the time, the five, six hours were to, to process one guy, you know, on a, you know, like, which would basically amount to a fine. Well, what happened is, I, I know we talked about this the other day in you know one of the episodes, but they brought buses in, and the buses had a driver, and so they would frog march the dude. <laughs> you know, hmm. They march him up to the bus, all handcuffed, and then you know handcuff him to the like the seat, and so he would do it. He would turn it over to another police officer who would do all their paperwork, and then they would go back down. And once the buses were full, I don't know fifty you know people, whatever they get on a bus those prisoners then the the driver would drive it to the jail and then the cops could just basically arrest somebody bring them up there give them their basic info what happened and then go back down and you know look for the next guy that's jumping over and so what they found was there was a high incidence of finding guns and knives and other weapons and drugs on them and so because those people were getting arrested and a lot of them were like kind of career criminals and then guess what they all got incarcerated 
Mm. And so mm. you took all the criminals off the street who were committing the crimes. And because you didn't tolerate the subway cars getting fucked up or having graffiti anywhere, people would pick up their trash instead of just throwing it on the floor. And so things were cleaner, they were nicer, they became safer. There was like hardly any crime anywhere. And, you know, all that shit's returned and worse because, they're, you know, they got the, the cash bail. You know, we've done all those different stories like San Francisco, L.A. Hey, we're going to just basically criminal justice reform. You know, there's there's always a small group of criminals that are doing all the crimes. And when you leave them on the street, you give them a slap on the wrist, you allow people, which is happening, to commit murders. And you're like, oh, we'll just put an ankle bracelet on you until your trial happens. Or, you know, we'll just trust that you'll come in you know, for the double homicide that you committed, you know, when your trial starts and then, you know, they're, so they're right back out in the street. Oh, we got no, no cash bail. So they do the paperwork and they're right back out on the street. And then, you know, a year later, they're going to show up for their murder trial. But in the meantime, what are they doing? They're criminals. And that's what they do. They go out and they continue murdering, raping, pillaging. And so their crime continues because it's a small group of people that are doing this shit over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And on top of that, we got all these people coming across our border you know, it's like the criminals of the world have descended on the United States. We basically, when you think that the numbers are like, and you guys can fact check me in the comments, I think it's like 60, 70% of the people that are in our jails are like foreigners or from other countries. And a friend of mine who's from Europe, we were talking a couple of years ago and, you know, she's talking in her, uh, her, her German accent and, you know, she says, well, you guys won the Second World War, and now the criminals come to you. You know, and so that that's who the majority of our jails are full of the world's criminals, in essence, because they just keep coming to the United States because it's like land of opportunity. And, you know, these people are going on the streets and you see things like San Francisco. You got L.A. I mean, the um, I know it's one of the other stories we've got. The um, I think it was a police chief in uh, L.A. was telling people, hey, you probably shouldn't wear expensive jewelry um, because there's a lot of people that are looking for people with expensive jewelry and they're going to rob you. Most of them have weapons. A lot of them have guns. And so you look at the stats, like the percentages of these things being up because you got what's his name? George, George Gascon down there just not prosecuting people. And so the criminals that are doing most of the crimes are just continually getting arrested, dumped right back out. So there's no consequence to them for their behavior. They just, yeah, it's, it's an inconvenience of their time. They'll be, you know, they get arrested in the morning, you know, by lunch. They can stop by and, you know, get a hamburger somewhere and then go mm-hmm. right back to robbing, raping and pillaging until the next time they get caught. So we, their behavior is being enabled because it's being allowed under criminal justice reform. And so there's like my aunt said, it was, you know, she worked as a, um, she worked as a prison guard for 20 years. And she said on the podcast, we was like, there's some people that need, they have to be in jail. They're just, you can't reach them. You can't help them. And they gotta be locked up. Otherwise they'll just keep whatever crime they were doing. You know, a lot of them, it's a lot of different crimes. They're just gonna keep doing it. That is true. It's very interesting with the LA one, though, that LA has like a big crime rate. They do. And everything's going on with the just like being snatched through like the streets, like the jewelry you have to wear. Because mm-hmm. my friend, he's a producer and he bounce, like he flies from LA to like Miami 
And he says every time he's in L.A., he, like, hides his chain or he takes off his chain and his watch, which is, like, you know, from a brand. And because he just doesn't know, like, someone just comes up and snatch it. And he's and he's um, right that they do have guns. Like, it's very scary. Has you it don't happened know. to him? Has he encountered that before? Um, I think he had an incident before, but it was when Juliet. But it's a gun-free zone. Oh, it's scary. The, the criminals don't. There's no consequences. No, it has to be some type of consequence because it. it it's very terrifying for the people. And it's not fair either. It's not fair. Especially They're, if we're like open targets. Yeah. They got what they voted for. That's very, very dangerous. They Hopefully got it does what not they voted for. It doesn't happen here in Miami or like New York. Oh, just go down to Miami as soon as you get off the interstate down there. One of the, sh- the shoot houses that I train at is like, man, I'm glad I have guns with me <laughs> when mm-hmm. I get out of my car because it's like there's homeless people everywhere. Like you get down there, it's like Tent City all around the, the streets, right off the off ramp down there, downtown. Miami. Oh, yeah. There's tents there's everywhere. People's, you know, doing drugs. It yeah. looks like San Francisco. There's literally like a like a and little mayor. Area. What's his name? Mayor Suarez, who's a um, he's supposedly a Republican. He's one of those fucking rhinos. It's like he's doing nothing. Hmm. He's just running his mouth. and He's just allowing that stuff to happen. It makes it dangerous. Especially at night. Yeah, all the stores down there have those metal cages and the windows and stuff. It's like it's. I think it's the expensive towers around their condos and stuff they're putting up. I was like, damn, I wouldn't want to live there. And it's not even like homeless people; it's just like suspicious people in general. Like there's just a. (laughs) It's all the above. Yeah, there's like a strip. I remember going downtown. Like I don't know if you know where the wharf is in Miami. That's very sus because there's oh, that a lot area of outside of it. Yeah. Oh it is my very god! Sus. Like people will go to their um um, the parking garage, and you have to be careful because there's people, there's homeless people inside the garage. They're like sleeping, like it's an open and garage just too. And sus it's just people like, in general. They're just very sus. Yeah, definitely not. I've come sus across sus people. I've Miami ac- lingo. I've come across sus people, and believe it or not, they're not homeless. But yeah, they're just wearing red. They're just wearing red. <laughs> what a win would on a Friday, Saturday night you'll see sus people too after They're like a couple of drinks. Human red flag. Yeah. That's hilarious. No, but I agree. Winwood, oh yeah. Don't Wynwood even get me started, man. The stories I can tell Bruh. on Winwood. Oh, me too. Well, okay, what's your too. best one? I was with my friend and um it was like her first time in Winwood with me. We're walking. We finished that photo shoot because a photographer saw us. And there's like these two guys who's coming. And I don't know if they were like drunk or high on coke or something. One of them comes to me. He's like, oh, my God, the devil's here. The devil's here. And the other one says, oh, I just want to have sex with you right now in the street. And my other friend is just like, like terrified. She's from New York. And she's seen all of this like things going on. And there's like two regular. I don't even know if they were young 20s or 30s or what they were on. But it was just like very scary because they were doing that to all the girls. So they were like frightening girls saying things like this and who knows what other things they said but that's just like very weird and very unattractive for a guy to do that like we're not gonna even like go near you so why you expect like saying things like that when like, i've never had that good. i mean i've had something similar happen not in, to the extent of like your experience but this one is like a funny one. Some random guy out of the ordinary, me and my friend were walking. I think he had a bet. He he like he lost a bet or something with his friends. And he had asked us to kick him like where it hurts. Oh and I'm like, God. nah, dude, I'm not going to do that. And he was willing to pay us. I'm like, nah, bro, like find someone else. That's just weird. So weird. that's weird. That's so that weird. brings that people are 
I mean, in my line of work, people are freaks. So I remember I was 19 and I was part of, part of my job for construction management when I was majoring at um, construction management at FIU down in Miami was they, we needed, I think it was like um, a summer or we had to have an internship for a construction company. And so I got this job working as a carpenter's helper, which I didn't really know what it was, but I got my tool belt, I got my S-wing hammer, I got my pouches, nails and all that stuff. And we're working in this, um, like it, it was in, um, off of Wiles Road. It was like a, a boardwalk back there in this park. It was like a wetlands kind of thing. And so it was kind of swampy. And like when you, as soon as you got out of your car, you were instantly surrounded by thousands and thousands of bugs that just just fly all around your head, going in your ear, going up your nose, touching your skin, landing on you. And you could swat them away and you could put that off stuff on the bug repellent and then they would still be all around you. And it was hot. It was the middle of summer, July, and it was raining a lot. And there's mud back there. And, um, I remember one day we were working where, so we had these, um, um, it was a bobcat with a, an auger bit on it. It looks like a big, like corkscrew drills down and then makes a hole. And then you have these things called sono tubes, which are, it looks like a giant, um, paper towel roll, but it's like real thick and it's got like a waxy thing in the middle. So it doesn't stick to the concrete. You set those in the top. And then you got concrete pumps, you know, so you got a hose going like hundreds of you know feet, probably like a hundred yards back to the end, pump a concrete in there. You fill it up with concrete, put a metal cage in there, and then you put a bracket on the top and you trowel the top because you know the little sono tube sticking out the paper towel or the toilet paper roll makes it, you know, a nice finish in the top. And so there was this guy there. We had these, you know, day laborers, you, know, you call them rent-a-bums, which is basically what they are. They were like homeless guys that lived on the street. And so, of course, when they show up, they were just drunk as, as fuck all the time and stinking of booze. because they So they work during the day and they get enough money to buy their drugs or drink, you know, drink their beer. And this one guy, he, he had his, I don't know what his real name was, but his name was Tar Baby. <laughs> and he, so I'm 19 years old. And, and this guy was he'd been in and out of prison his like his whole life. He looked like he, I don't know, the guy's probably long since died, but he was like, he looked like he was in his late fifties, early sixties, maybe. And he would like do anything for fucking money. And he told me about this dude that, you know, cause this guy lived on the streets a lot. And then he was, you know, he was a rent-a-bum basically. And he reeked of alcohol always. And so this, he's, this guy said, picked him up. And took him to his condo and it was this like big fat guy. And so the fat guy would like his kink was he would sit in a bathtub and this dude Tarbe, Tarbe was like, say it was this fucking 50 year old scrawny looking homeless guy <laughs> would get naked. And so the dude would be laying naked in the bed and he would throw rotten grapefruit at this guy. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> grapefruit. What? And it, got, it was like a regular thing, you know? Great for so regular. I'm years old. I'm hearing this. It's like, like, what the fuck? You're questioning humanity at that point. <laughs> Marking the schedule. Uh, average Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. You know? Average Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. I got I thousands know. of fucking. I, I don't know what kind of bugs they were flying around. 
and I'm sweating my ass off because it's like 110 back there and it's there's trees everywhere and the sun's beating. Now there's no clouds in the sky. And so you got water vapor. It's a swamp. Literally, there's snakes out there and there's water Sounds everywhere. Sounds like the Everglades. It was hmm. fucking nasty. And, um, you know, so we had put all these pilings there and then you um, have your, your posts and then you build your – it was like a giant dock basically that went all through. It was like, I don't know, 100 yards long or whatever. But it was a miserable job. I worked there for like three months. Hated it. But that kind of shit, you know, when you hear stories like that, you're like, people are freaks, man. Yeah. It's so weird. Very weird. I wouldn't even do that to a I person. I don't know what's attractive about grapefruit, but sure. You do. Oh, you. Well, have you guys heard of <laughs> grapefruit? Even like in that temperature, whatever, you attract more bugs or something like yeah. that. Oh, it's horrendous. Because you got a food source. You got water yeah. and you got vegetation and you got mud. and It's like, oh, algae, everything. It's just. And a bum sitting in a tub <laughs> full of. <laughs> oh, tar- what's his name? Tarwood. Tar, tar baby. baby.